It's the boy, Bubba. Let's come in through. Ella, clutch, flawless. Can't be touched. It's your boy, Bubba. Let's. Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me who's. Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubble Out Sports Podcast. This is episode 174, and today we're going to do the Cowboys versus Giants review for this Sunday afternoon. And if you haven't watched any of the content this week, we did a, uh, a in-depth look at the film on Bubba's film sessions, um, seeing if it was a small issue for the Cowboys defense or is it something that's going to take a lot of time to, to figure out. Um, and then if you did listen or watch the podcast on the Cowboys versus Browns review, overall my thoughts on the game is just a team that is built for failure in the sense that they have the old game plan of work through your offensive line, time of possession, leave the defense off of the field as much as possible, and yet you are so fast and so up-tempo on offense that that defense needs to be on the field more often, and they need to make stops to give that offense extra possessions. And they're just built for failure because that defense is nowhere near that. They are built on being less time on the field as possible type of mentality, and their personnel just doesn't match what the opponents put up on the line and it shows on film constant overbeats constant misdirections that lead to a lot of miscommunication on defense and the coaching staff just doesn't know after four weeks so we get into week five of the nfl that it's not getting any better it's only getting worse which is the worst thing you can see as a first year head coach first year defensive coordinator so Am I really interested in this game at all between the New York Giants in a piss-poor NFC East that has a combined, what, I'd say three wins? And the Giants don't have any one of those three wins. They are 3-12-1, and, and they are the worst division in football. This is a game that if you have no connection to either me, to the Cowboys, to the Giants... Or the NFC East at all, then really, why do you want to watch this game? I know it's I know it's America's team, it's the Cowboys, it's the good rivalry that we usually see on week one, but this time around, week five of 2020, both teams are just dealing with bad injuries, both teams are pretty bad coaching-wise, and someone's got to win this division. Someone has to. Somehow, the NFL works to, well, at least one team has to come out of that division, and thank God it's only one, because there's going to be some other good teams in the NFC East that are just, or in the NFC overall that are just going to manhandle these teams kind of coming out of the NFC East. So it's it's going to be a short one. It's going to be a pretty l low mellow version of a preview. But let's start off with the injury report. Not really much from both sides. Um, that has changed in the last few weeks. It's Jabril Peppers, the most famous known uh, player on the Giants on the injury report. Defensive back is questionable with an ankle injury. On Dallas's side, their offensive line has been plagued for the remainder of the year. And it wasn't looking good so far, but it definitely doesn't look good now because Tyron Smith is now going to get season-ending neck injury, an injury that he's been dealing with for many years and has never gotten treatment, never gotten any type of solution to it. So a acceptable or moving forward type of injury like Tyron Smith's neck right now 
is good for him, good for his health because he needs to get that figured out before he gets on the football field anymore in his career. Um, do I feel like it's the end of the road with Tyron Smith? I absolutely do. But, of course, I'm not owning this football team. I'm not coaching this football team. So, what the Cowboys like to do a lot is hold on to some pieces that are well beyond their years. And nothing against Tyron Smith. Got to meet the guy. Awesome guy. And his play on the field when he is healthy 100% is some of the best in football. So there's no doubting that Tyron Smith is a great player. But it's another case of, just see it on the other side with Lane Vanderish or Sean Lee. These guys are stupid talented. They are born to play the sport at that position. And yet a neck injury, a back injury, a hamstring injury. You know, with Tyron Smith, it's been the elbow. It's been the groin. It's been the neck. It's been the back for so many years. And that's one of the reasons why he doesn't practice on Fridays, why he takes a limited participant in practice for most of the week because they want to get him as much rest as possible, knowing that these injuries have piled up. So now, out for the season, now you're left with Brandon Knight at left tackle. Now, I think if you really watch it, Brandon Knight has been a key component on why these offenses with Dak Prescott are coming back in these football games. Protection on the outside is extremely important, and I feel like the Browns game really exposed the Cowboys in that instance, and that's why Terrence Steele was benched for Brandon Knight. Dar Tyron Smith was able to play in that game, but Brandon Knight on the other side was very important because Terrence Steele gave up too many bad plays, and yet now with Tyron out, now you have Brandon Knight having to play left tackle. So who does that leave on right tackle? Well, your first option would have been Cameron Irving, who was injured on the IR. You have to go with Terrence Steele at this point because your last resort is Zach Martin at right tackle, but now you're moving around other pieces. And one of those pieces that had to change was Joe Looney along with Tyler Biotish. So when Joe Looney went out, Tyler's in a phenomenal job of coming in. A lot of people praise him as, as an all-pro offensive a rookie team and offensive line so far and for a guy that hasn't even started most of these games it shows that this guy can really play at such a a very quick upside or a turnaround as I should say so now with having to replace Travis Frederick all along and Joe Looney being the guy to do that I think he's done a good job now that he's out in this game with a knee injury as well it's Biotish then you have Zach Martin and you're gonna have to have Terrence Steele now the, the Giants run a 3-4, and their defensive line, just those three guys, it, it's not something to lay up on. It's not something to, to underlook, but it's not anything that you haven't seen before because really the most explosive guy, the most threatening guy is Dexter Lawrence. You have Dalvin Tomlinson on there and Leonard Williams, who is hit or miss. I think the Cowboys' offense, and their offensive line in particular, is good enough to handle this this Giants team. Now, overall, they have 10 sacks in the season. I, I think that's better than the Cowboys, to be honest. Uh, their turnover ratio is closer to zero than it is for the Dallas Cowboys, only negative four down. Do they create a lot of turnovers? Well, I feel like this defense was something to look at in the offseason, in the preseason, because I was high on the Giants, thinking that they were the sleeper team in the NFC East. Boy, was I wrong. But I felt like a lot of that success that would have happened would be through their defense. It wasn't going to be Daniel Jones 
uh, it maybe a lot of that would have been Saquon, but I do feel like they have a good threatening weapon availability at the wide receiver and tight end position. But it was all going to go through their secondary and their, their linebackers. Blake Martinez was such an amazing pickup in the offseason, so I felt he was going to be the leader of this team. And then what they got in the draft with Xavier McKinney, I thought that was one of the biggest and best moves in the NFL draft. So alongside Real Peppers, that tandem duo at the safety position was going to be wonders and, and amazing to watch, in my opinion, for such a young group. So now with Saquon out, for a good period of time. Daniel Jones has not played to the ability. They've only scored three offensive touchdowns the entire season. We're in week five. They can't even average one per week. And you have individuals that are scoring more touchdowns than this offense. It's it's tough to say where the, the Giants are at. I want to give Joe Judge at least another year or so and see if he's progressed to any. any. Uh, Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator. Well, only three offensive touchdowns. You can't blame everything on Jason Garrett, but... On this podcast, we're going to blame Jason Garrett for everything. And, and I feel like with the injuries that have happened on their defense, it's not looking good. They don't really have that deep pass rusher that could get them game-winning sacks, strip sacks, more turnovers. Um, so I, they're a definite work in progress, and they definitely need more time to grow, especially with that offensive line, who is, in my opinion, growing. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time because they're so young and they're developing guys underneath that starting lineup. So Andrew Thomas, who they got very early on in the draft, um, we'll see how he does because I didn't feel like he was the best uh, offensive lineman. Uh, according to a lot of people, a lot of analysts, he was, but I, I was so much higher on Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs that Aaron, Andrew Thomas was kind of in the background. Will Hernandez, Utah Miner, go Miners. Uh, Nick Gates, uh, Kevin Seatler right now, and Cameron Fleming. I feel like these are just placeholders for guys like Shane Lemieux, who's great in Oregon, and Matt Pert. Um, so give it maybe three years, and now you have a bunch of young guys, Andrew Thomas, Lemieux, and Peart, who will take over and, and really protect whoever is behind the center or under the center. And I don't think that's going to be Daniel Jones, but we'll we'll see what happens. Trevor Lawrence is a... So. Is a, is a stud, as some people would say, as the kids would say. He is pretty lit. But um, if they keep losing football games like this, then, yeah, they'll have the chance at Trevor Lawrence or maybe a Jamar Chase. Mm, little LSU, little Clemson action. I like it. So back to the Cowboys offensive line because this is what it was all about. Um, it's going to be the the test. For them to see how they go with one unit the entire game, barring any injuries. But I feel like Terrence Steele has to stay in this football game the entire time. Cameron Irving is not ready to go. And unless you bring someone in and it's Friday night, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, you got to go with Terrence Steele for pretty much that entire game. Um, unless you put in Connor McGovern. Maybe we'll see a little bit of, of a showcase for him. I like Connor McGovern a lot compared to Connor Williams. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's not going to be a huge test. It's not going to be the best test for the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, but I feel like this is a good kind of confidence boost that you can have. Um, and, and same thing goes for the for the Cowboys defensive line and defense overall. A lot of the offensive players, uh, including Mari Cooper, have come out and said that that defense is acting a little different, a little, little more serious 
this week, and they're ready to redeem their performance on uh, Sunday afternoon against the Browns with 49 points on the board. Um, but this defensive line, like I said, this is a growing offensive line for the Giants, so uh, a way to penetrate, way to get to Daniel Jones, who struggles very much under pressure and doesn't like to take care of the football. This was one of the few times where I felt like, hey, the Cowboys are making big plays and they're creating turnovers. was against Daniel Jones um, last season. I feel like it's Eli Manning 2.0. So I want to see a lot more out of Everson Griffin. The, the Giants just don't have a running game whatsoever. Like They're running with Devontae Freeman, who I felt like the Falcons made the right choice at getting rid of. They also have Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman. But, I mean, if you're a fantasy buff, this is not the game. Because personally, do I feel like this is still an ugly game for the Dallas Cowboys? I do. I, I really think that when they need to look really good and prove themselves, maybe at the end of the day they score 40 points, and I could be very wrong on this. But I don't think anything in this game makes me think otherwise about what the Cowboys team can be this year or if they're going to improve tremendously throughout the next few weeks. I feel like if we see a good football team on Sunday, great. You did it against an 0-4 team. That's probably going to get the number one overall pick. It stays in New York, though. And then if you have a bad game, you're only like, well, this is another reason why coaching and discipline is not happening in Dallas right now. So do I expect them? I feel like this goes exactly like the Monday night game just under a year ago on Monday night against the Giants where I feel like they come out very slow and you feel like this is rock bottom. I feel like if, if the Cowboys lose to the Giants, it is rock bottom for this team. But I feel like a first half where they're scoring maybe 10 points, um, it's it's maybe a close game, 7-10, and 10, and you feel like the Giants are working harder than the Cowboys. It was the same case that it was Monday night last year. You're, you're, you're just going to think to yourself, nothing's changed. Nothing has prepared them for this game to just feel like a confident football team and just get the win and get out. I'm not going to see that on Sunday because I know what Cowboys team usually shows up. And what I've seen over the last year and a half is a team that starts slow, has to come back, and has to hold on. Most of that time, the first two things are executed perfectly to where they go down early. They come back. That third one is where they, either they hold on or it's just not enough because they put themselves in such a deep hole. So I don't think that's going to be the case at all on Sunday. I think they start off slow, they come back, and then they end strong, giving people some hope once again in Jerry's world that the Cowboys can win the division. Whatever, right? Like, Oh, I hate being the negative Nancy. I always do. But you got to think to yourself. Are you going to learn anything from either of these teams? Or is this like the Brown Bowl? Is this the Toilet Bowl that nobody wants to watch? I personally wouldn't mind not watching this game. But I have an obligation to entertain you people and keep you informed about the Dallas Cowboys. Deep breath, Bubba. Deep breath. But if, if it was... The Giants and the Eagles, and this is very similar to what you would see against the Eagles. I'm not watching it. I'm I'm definitely not watching it. Even if it is every other game is delayed because of COVID protocols not being made and po uh, positive tests, 
Give me some XFL. I am. I'd rather watch the Dallas Renegades over the Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants. I'll watch anything. I don't know what the schedule is like for Sunday. Um, a lot of the the games have been moved to Monday and Tuesday. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think if you're fans of either side, I don't think you're you're happy about this matchup. So in the end. I expect, I guess, an average day for all sides. I think the offense can put up 21, 24. The Giants are going to be stopped to maybe a touchdown or two. It'll be an ugly football game to watch, and it'll be ugly on the stat sheet. But I do think the Cowboys end up with a few sacks, maybe a few turnovers finally in this season. And they just do what they got to do to win. Uh, I don't think it'll be anything special. If they score 40 or 50 points, who gives a fuck? Because it's against the Giants, right? And it's a lose-lose for the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be a lose-lose because it's not a worthy opponent to look at deeper in the playoffs. It's not a team that you got to worry about or feel tested by. It should be an easy win considering how basic the Jason Garrett offense is going to be ran. I think CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup have good days. I want to focus on Zeke a little bit. I know that the offensive line is going to be a huge factor in what the Cowboys' success will look like against the uh, the Giants, but if the offensive line is doing good on pass, pass protection, I want to see how it does in run protection with Ezekiel Elliott, who has had subpar days in the last two weeks. Got to take care of the football. And you're an explosion to this offense. So if you're not a key point in this, which I didn't feel like was the case the last two weeks, I'm going to start thinking that Ezekiel Elliott is trade-worthy. And I don't want to freak out. I don't want to over-exaggerate. At the end of the day, do I want to trade Ezekiel Elliott? No. But if there's a point to where it reaches rock bottom and that contract is looking too much because now you got to pay Dak and... It'd be nice to have some draft picks, especially with the injuries going on to linebacker and your def- or offensive line. You definitely need to improve that unless you want to waste the next five or six years of Dak Prescott's career. So it, is it getting to that point to where I'm starting to stray away from the argument of like, no, Ezekiel Alley has so much to give. He has so much left in the tank. And in those first two games, I really thought he was the most explosive, explosive he's ever been. So can he bounce back? Absolutely. And this is a team to do it on because it was going to be Saquon versus Ezekiel Elliott. And whoever won the most rushing yards control time of possession and win the football game. But now it's just heavily in favor of the Cowboys. And do I think they win this football game? Yes. I've been wrong every time this week so or this, this season. So I predicted they beat the Rams. Didn't happen. I predicted they would lose to the Falcons because I thought the Falcons were better, um, that they would lose to Seattle, that they would, or, uh, yeah, no, I've been right. Thank God for that Seattle game. Um, so I'm one for four, or one for three. Man, I'm I'm struggling with the math today. Um, 24, 13, 24-9. I I, th- I definitely think that Daniel Jones will play better than he has all season long. And 
and really get some touchdowns on the board, he might match the three. Oh, God. That, well, he only has two of those. So, can he definitely double the amount of touchdowns that he has in the season? All 100%. Because I think if he put in Tyler or uh, Tyrod Taylor or even the Jets, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of flashbacks to last year's game against the Jets, and it doesn't look good. Defensive line will get a few sacks. Uh, they do get Anthony Brown back this week. So not so heavy on Daryl Worley or Jordan Lewis and how they played last week. I hope Anthony Brown can bring some type of reliability and consistency in the quarterback position. And um, maybe some Donovan Wilson action. So we'll look at that in film next week. But I feel strongly about either... Darian Thompson, most likely Thompson, or Xavier Woods getting benched for Donovan Wilson and him getting the start just to see what he has to offer. Now, I'm really angry because I think, who was it? Who was the team? It was the Arizona Cardinals, I want to say. The Arizona Cardinals were looking to bring in Prince Mukamara, who was last with the Chicago Bears, who I think is, is great. I think he was a good free agent for the Cowboys to look into before they invested so much in Trevon Diggs and then they wanted to focus on Shadobi and Anthony. Uh, bringing in Maurice, Maurice Kennedy and Daryl Worley should have been good moves in my in my eyes with what I saw statistically. You know, Maurice uh, decides to opt out and uh, Daryl could not handle OBJ whatsoever. He looked like Morris Claiborne out there, I'll be honest. Um, so it kind of makes me mad that earlier in the week, Jerry Jones said on 105.3 The Fan that if there's somebody out there in free agency that can help us improve, make us get better defensively, then yeah, we're going to look into it. Prince of Mukamara just walked right past you. Eric Reed, Earl Thomas, who I know bring a lot of baggage, but I think I'd take baggage over... Xavier Woods giving up another touchdown for over 30, 40 yards down the field. Um, same thing with Darian Thompson. And you passed on so many in the past. I thought they should have gone like Eli Apple, Kenny Vaccaro, Eric Weddle. Man, if they would have. Man. Marlon Humphreys, who was just doing great things in Baltimore. Andrew Sandejo, Andrew Sandejo kind of proved last week that I feel like the Cowboys really missed out on an opportunity for a veteran guy like him that played so well in Minnesota for so many years. Man, he would have been so good for that position. He's not the, the greatest corner or uh, greatest safety in the NFL, but he's a proven guy and he knows what he's talking about. And I love what they're doing in Cleveland. He's not, he's not doing that. He's, he's not going out and trying to get better. And the whole idea of like, just tattoo it to it on my forehead. Uh, we're confident in our guys. We like our guys. We're going to continue with our guys. If that just can get tattooed on my forehead alongside waste of my time right next to it in a little like subtitle, that's what it is. And um, I'm not excited for Sunday. I'm really not. So Cowboys win, but... Do we come back on Monday and think it's the greatest win in the world? Then they're the how about them Cowboys? They're back. No, what you can do, and let's be positive for a second. Positive bubble right here. If you can go into this football game and absolutely 
dominate on the defensive side. If you can show me plays on special teams that shows that you're a consistent unit and don't play undisciplined and John Fossil can bring what was supposed to happen in Los Angeles to Dallas with his special teams. If you just continue what you do on the offensive side, Dak Prescott's going to have a good day. But how does that offensive line hold up in the long term and just get out of it healthy, get out of it without an injury would help a lot. And I just feel like the right calls, the right times, nothing where I'm questioning that call to go forward on fourth down or challenge that play. Um, if they come out of this with no turnovers defensively, they they put themselves in bad situations with special teams. Th- this is where I'm starting. I'm not. I don't care about the score at the end of the day. Just show me something. Show me that there's confidence. Show me that there's effort here because against Cleveland it wasn't the case. So I'm saying. Just play a good sound 60 minutes. All I ask is 60 minutes of football, not 30 after you don't score for two or or you can't score in the second and third quarter. You score 24 in one quarter, but zero in the other. And then you just have up and downs. You can't go three and out on your first drive from scrimmage. I, I don't want that. I don't want stupid penalties like helmet to helmet or a pass interference or an illegal block in the back on special teams. Those are the things I'm looking for in this football game. It's not the score. It's not the 40 points. It's not that the Giants are held to three points. I'm saying make Daniel Jones have a horrible day. Make him regret coming to the NFL with like strip sacks, with interceptions. Win the battles. Win the individual battles first before you can win as a team. And those individual battles start at the defensive line. And start out that line of scrimmage because if Everson Griffin and Don Terry Poe are just going to be obsolete and have to bring in Tyron Crawford, whoop did he do? Like he's done anything in the last few years, then you're not showing me anything. You're not showing me anything different. If Alden Smith can get a sack, cool. If you can get five as a team, as a unit, even better. I could care less if Alden Smith does all the work because I want to see as the as the, the plays go along, that we're seeing more improvement with Tristan Hill and Poe, Everson Griffin. Because I feel like the most consistent guy on that defense right now is Demarcus Lawrence. And even Joe Thomas is putting an argument for that. Otherwise, like, what's there to look after and say, I'm scared to play the Cowboys? There's nothing like that right now. And offensive line, just Terrence Steele, just be all right. Just get by. Don't give up on the first drive or the second drive in the game to where you're not even putting your hands up against miles fucking garrett that's the problem man you can't let up you can't have that one moment of of uh hesitation a lot of hesitation a lot of issues a lot of dumb mistakes out of this cowboys defense so i'm saying 60 minutes doesn't matter what the score is give me 60 minutes either be 60 minutes bad or 60 minutes good i want to see 60 minutes i ain't tired of this Five minutes good, five minutes bad, five minutes good, two-minute drill. You're really good on that. You can come out and you're three and out in the first drive in the third quarter. I don't want to see that. I need to see consistency. So Cowboys win. The Giants win. We riot. We riot. I'm I'm, I'm giving up. All right, guys. This is going to do it for this episode of the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed the preview for another emotional roller coaster that is the Dallas Cowboys team. So... 85 subscribers doing really well on the views being really consistent it's a key word 
um, 85 subscribers so you know we're still on the road to 100 subscribers so if you haven't subscribed already please do and share it with your friends if you like the video i was gonna i was gonna do a nick marks give me a thumbs up and then follow the podcast on the audio platforms and if you'd like to because i would like your money Go on anchor.fm slash bubbleuts to subscribe to the podcast for either a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month. I like your money, so I want it. Thumbs up. And one last thing, because I keep asking for your money. Irving, GoFundMe in the link down below in the description. Over $16,000 out of $20,000 that we're raising for him. He's doing well. I love you, brother. Feel better. Hope a day. It's a great day. And you're in my heart. You're in my spirits. Thank you, River. Thank you, Bubba Bunch. And we'll see you next time on the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a better draft pick?